Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 27 of Twin Talk MN. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And today, we have a really great episode because, Andrew, the NFL playoffs are fully underway. Last weekend, we had our full weekend, and this weekend, we have already had two big games. But, Andrew, we got some stuff to talk about last weekend and the NFL. We had three games on Sunday and another game on Monday night. Andrew, every single game was crazy and obviously had massive ramifications because, for God's sake... It is the playoffs. This is to decide who the best team in the country is, which is huge. Andrew, let's jump right in last week. The first game that we saw was the Buccaneers versus the Eagles. We thought this game would be dominated by the Buccaneers, but Andrew, it was exactly that. The Buccaneers just killed the Eagles. The Eagles offense, I think, had their worst game of the entire season. The Buccaneers... Um, offense did lose a couple key players, which could be tough in their matchup this week, but... It was an easy win last week without their running back. They lost a couple of offensive linemen and some defensive players. But yeah, this team seems dominant. And again, just like last year, they seem poised to make a Super Bowl run. Should be interesting to see. Andrew, what did you see out of the Buccaneers in this matchup? I mean, Ryan, I just saw dominance. I mean, I saw Tom Brady just remembering what it's like to be in the playoffs. I mean, last year, what we saw between the regular season and the postseason was completely different. I mean, we remember during the regular season, they didn't even win the division. They had to go all the way from being the five seed, playing a division winner, which granted was the Washington football team, which wasn't good, but all the way to the Super Bowl. Ryan, this year, they got the number two seed, so you know that they are going to make this one count, and Ryan, that they did in the first round, just creaming the Eagles, really. This was not a surprise at all. This was almost definitely the most lopsided matchup and lopsided game of the entire first round of playoffs. But Ryan, for the Buccaneers and Tom Brady, all they care about is this round. All they care about is this round and making it back to that another Super Bowl. Ryan, tell me in our second game of the day, Ryan, man, it was a big game. We saw the 49ers play the Dallas Cowboys. Ryan, a lot of people were saying, including you, Watch out for this 49ers team because you smell an upset. We both, however, did protect the Dallas Cowboys. And, Ryan, this was a neck-and-neck game going down to the last play of the game. Ryan, a little controversial, but tell me who was the official winner of that game. Yeah, we Andrew, just back on a little bit. This game was insane. The 49ers jumped out to a lead, and a lot of people thought they would cruise to this big upset victory of a non-division winner over a divisional winner. But, Andrew, what ended up happening was that the Cowboys got a touchdown to get the game back in reach. They were down one touchdown on a final drive with a minute to go. Exactly what we want to see in playoff football. The Cowboys were driving down the field. They were at the 30-yard line of the 49ers. There was 14 seconds left on the clock. They had no timeouts. So for football fans that don't know, if the ball stays in bounce and the runner is deemed down and there's no timeout count, the clock will continue. But if the ball goes out of bounds or the ball is not caught and, and the runner or the runner's not down, then the clock stops. So they really, really, really needed the clock to stop. So a lot of people thought they would try to get the ball out of bounds. Because if a runner takes the ball out of bounds, then the clock stops. So the Packers drop back to pass. The 49ers all are watching the sideline. They don't want the ball to go to the sideline, which makes sense. And the Cowboys... They had to look towards the sideline, and they looked towards the sideline. There's nothing there, and Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott decides he's going to run the ball himself. He has to get out of bounds, otherwise the clock will continue. Dak Prescott runs the ball. He gets down to the 30. He gets down to the 25. He gets down to the 20. He gets down to the 15-yard line and is, does not get out of bounds. Andrew, the clock still 
going. There's 10. There's 9, 8, 7, 6. Dak Prescott picks up the ball. He gives it to his offensive lineman who sets the ball on the ground. The offensive lineman is about ready to give the ball back to his quarterback to throw at the ground to stop the clock. There's three seconds left. The referee has to touch the ball, though. The Cowboys don't give the ball to the referee. If the referee doesn't touch the ball, the Cowboys can't have the ball. And they forget to give it to the referee. They don't give him the ball. The referee is trying to get the ball. He has to get the ball first. So the referee is trying to get the ball. But the offensive lineman already has it. The referee is trying to get around Dak Prescott. He's trying to reach under the legs of the offensive lineman. He finally gets the ball. He sets the ball down on the ground. There is half a second left. The Cowboys offensive lineman gives the ball to Dak Prescott. He throws out the gun with half a second left. How much time is left when the clock stops? Zero seconds on the clock. The game ends right there. The Cowboys needed the clock to stop with milliseconds left. They don't get it. There are zero seconds, zero milliseconds left on the clock when the Cowboys snap, when the Cowboys stop the clock. The game ends there. The 49ers win the game on a costly, costly mistake by the Cowboys. That mistake being... If they give the ball to the ref and the ref sets it down, they have enough time. But the Cowboys forgot to give the ball to the ref. So the ref had to come all the way over to them to get the ball, which ended up taking too much time, which cost the Cowboys the game, which cost the Cowboys the Super Bowl, which cost the Cowboys the season. Andrew, many people are outraged, not only by this play, not only by the referees, but just what the Cowboys did. And it seems like year after year, Andrew, we've been watching football for a long time. And one team that we see every single year in the playoffs, and every year they get out in the first or second round, Andrew, is the Dallas Cowboys. What does this first round exit mean for this Cowboys team? I mean, Ryan, this year, everything was going for them. I mean, Dak Prescott really stepped up his game. The defense was probably top five in the league when in past years it has been bottom five. The wide receivers have been amazing. The running game has been phenomenal. Ryan. If they are still getting out in the first round with all this, we beg to ask, then what's the problem? What is keeping this team from its Super Bowl that it really, really, really wants? And Ryan, I disagree with this, but people are saying the problem is the coaching staff. If they got a better coach, they would be going to the Super Bowl. And Ryan, they just don't have it. They have Mike McCarthy as their head coach, who I think... He's a good head coach, coached the Packers for a while. This year had a good season, but it is not enough. In my opinion, people are just overreacting to a team with an unfortunate loss, with an unfortunate final play, and they're just overreacting, saying that this guy has to lose his job over a prop after a mistake by his own quarterback. Ryan, when I look at this team, I really do not see any holes. I mean, fine, maybe the linebackers or the run defense could be a little bit better. But for what this team had, I'm not going to say I'd be happy with my season. Because when you do that well in the season, you got to expect more than a first-round exit. But Ryan, with that Cowboys loss, it turns us to a 49ers team that was the 60. Had a win-and-in situation in Week 18. Barely had it. Went to overtime. Was about to lose it. But a game-saving interception forced them to the playoffs. Let them pull the upset over the Cowboys with that final play. Ryan. They take on the Packers. Tell me, Ryan, why does this matter? Because we got to go to the final game in the NFC. Ryan, the Rams versus the Cardinals. Monday night football. Ryan, does it get any better than this? 
Nine, we got the Rams. We got a really good team. A lot of guys really hoping to get back to that Super Bowl after that loss to Tom Brady. But right on the other side, we got a Cardinals team. We went, hey, no. And then a final season slip. And then lost four of the last five games. Ryan, tell me, did the Cardinals able to rebound? Or were the Rams very happy with all their current and preseason acquisitions and they worked out? Yeah, and the Rams-Cardinals game was expected to be one of the best of the year. But Andrew, as I think a lot of people expected, the Rams just ran away with this game. And Andrew, this is all about momentum shifting. The Rams to end the year might have been the hottest team in the NFL, signing two big-name veteran free agents, Odo Beckham Jr. and Von Miller, both former first-team All-Pro NFL players, now a little bit past their prime, but still both very talented players in this league, and they both helped a lot as the Rams were able to easily take down the Cardinals. Now, we'll get to the Cardinals in a sec, but Andrew, first of all, with the Rams, that means they'll match up with the Buccaneers in a game today. That should be a crazy game, but Andrew, flipping back to the Cardinals side, last year this team struggled. This year, this team made a good run. Obviously, a first-round exit is very disappointing. But, Andrew, they got a young quarterback in Kyler Murray. They got a young defense, even though they, tra- even though they trade for J.J. Watt. Andrew, what does this mean for the Cardinals to get out in the first round? Ryan, at the least, it's disappointing. I mean, it is just so disappointing what happens with these teams, where they have an incredibly hot start, being the best team in the league for probably the first nine weeks, but only getting the recognition for maybe one or two. And people saying, this team isn't that good. Watch them fall apart. And they were saying, no, no, no. If we keep winning, then you can't tell us. Kind of a Cincinnati Bearcats mantra in college football. But Ryan, they were correct. This Cardinals team, I'm not going to say it was magic or anything or a Cinderella story. But this team was a pretender. And I'm sorry to say this for all the Cardinals fans out there. But this team, they are not a top 10 team in the league. I mean... I just don't feel like they have what it takes to contest in the playoffs. They're a good team, but I wouldn't say they're even a top-two-tier team. I just feel like too many problems, too young, too undeveloped. The coaching staff, in my opinion, really let them down. That's not the Cowboys. That is the Cardinals coaching staff that really let down their team. And that defense, I'm just saying, that defense had to step up, and they couldn't. Kyler Murray had to take down that step. People knew he was a rusher. People knew he had a pretty good arm. But Ryan, who cares if you can't win in the playoffs? And that's exactly what he could not do. So Ryan, with that, we turn our attention. With the Bucks win and the Rams win, Ryan, break that game down for me. What is going to happen in that game in the NFC? Yeah, Andrew, I think this is just going to be a crazy game. I mean, you have Matthew Stafford having a monumental comeback here. Cooper Cup. Maybe the best wide receiver in the league. That Rams defense. Maybe the best in the league. Versus Andrew. Versus the GOAT. Versus Tom Brady. Mike Evans. Leonard Fournette. Should be back for that game. Top 5 offensive line. One healthy. Top 5 defense. One healthy. Andrew, this might be a very fun matchup. I know we say a lot of teams should be close. But Andrew, these are two heavyweight teams. Both teams extremely want to win win the Super Bowl. Both teams have extremely... High goals for this season and the next five to ten years. But, Andrew, I've got to give the edge to the Buccaneers. Tom Brady, he has been here before. On the Rams, you see Matthew Stafford. He has been in the playoffs before, but he hasn't really been facing against Tom Brady much before. And a lot of the defenses that he's dominated against this year 
were some of the lower level ones. Andrew, we remember the last, what was it, five, six weeks of the season? Matthew Stafford was one of the worst QBs in the league. Kind of like the Cardinals over the, over the first eight weeks of the season. In my opinion, he was the MVP. You can look at an old episode of this podcast and hear I said Matthew Stafford was the MVP. And three weeks ago, Matthew Stafford was lucky to be a starting quarterback in the league. If his team didn't make the playoffs or got out last week, he would have been the reason. This guy's been struggling. He's been throwing a lot of interceptions. He has maybe the best wide receiving core in the league. He wasn't using them very well. This guy was struggling the last couple of weeks. This week, this is his time. We know what his defense is going to do. The Buccaneers' offense is probably going to score between 21 to 28 points. That's going to be a lot for Matthew Stafford to get. But, Andrew, this game is extremely important, not only to this team this year, but also to Matthew Stafford's legacy. He has been famous for his teams not finishing in the playoffs. Maybe not because of him. This is his chance to have his team do well in the playoffs because of him. This matchup should be close. There's going to be a lot of guys that can have a big difference in this game. I think he is one guy that has a huge job in this game just to limit the turnovers, run the ball. Andrew, if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you've got a lot of injuries on the offensive line, a lot on defense. What are you looking to do in this game? I mean, Ryan, to be honest, most times when you have problems with the offensive line, you're saying, don't put the ball in their quarterback's hands. Make sure you're not putting it in his hands so he does not get sacked. Do not want to take that many sacks. Do not want to get your quarterback pressured. But Ryan, with this, off- with this Bucks team, how they run the ball is through their offensive line. Don't get me wrong. Len Fournette, he's a good running back. And yeah, you know, Ronald Jones Jr., he's a pretty good guy too. But you know what? This team wins through their offensive line. But you know what? That doesn't matter because you know who else wins? Tom Brady. Ryan, a lot of teams would shy away from the passing game without no line. This team has to lean on their passing game if they have a couple of injuries. So the trip to Tristan Wirfs, or I believe Ryan Jensen was the one who got banged up against the Eagles. Ryan, Tom Brady, I'm not going to say he has to has, have a huge game because for him, that might mean 600 yards, but he's going to have to have a GOAT-like game for him to do. One, that was prime Patriots, prime Brady for them to stand a chance in this Rams game. Ryan, I know that you said you like the Buccaneers winning this, but Ryan, I like the Rams. I mean, I know a lot of people are saying Matthew Stafford's inconsistency, but Ryan, this defense has been looking like the number one defense. I mean, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and Von Miller. Ryan, enough said. Not to mention all the other good guys, all the other pro bowlers on that roster. Ryan, that offense, Cooper Cup, if Matthew Stafford just throws for 200 yards, 200 of those could go to Cooper Cup. Ryan, this guy is insane. And no matter what, he is going to get his in that running game. Oh, my God. Cam Akers is back. I am so happy. And Sony Michelle, he's been looking phenomenal. Ryan, Sony Michelle has been a huge thing for this team this year. And you know what? That is going to be huge this week. And I think that this could happen. Ryan, I think the Rams stand a good chance against the Buccaneers this week. And that is why they are my pick to win the game. But, Ryan, with all this NFC news, we got to get to the AFC. Ryan, the Chiefs Steelers, we don't even know what happened. Ryan, I said, watch the Steelers. Watch the Steelers. And you know what, Ryan? I was completely wrong. Ryan, this game was close for about the first six minutes. And then the Chiefs just killed them. Ryan, a lot of people are saying this is a possibility. that The Chiefs could just demolish. And you know what? That was true. Because the Chiefs got down a little bit. They didn't score the first touchdown. 
but then they scored five straight. And that's exactly what the Chiefs do. And Ryan, that concludes the AFC playoff first round. But Ryan, we got to get to this round. Ryan, yesterday, we saw an amazing, amazing game between the Bengals and the Titans. Ryan, the Bengals got up early, but the Titans came roaring back. They said, we got Derrick Henry. Ryan, Derrick Henry was on the field for the first time since week nine. Ryan, tell me, was it enough to beat the Bengals? Did the Titans come through? Did the upsets get put to sleep? Ryan, tell me what happened in this game and who was going to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, Andrew, this game was insane and really lived up to the hype. I definitely thought this would be an extremely exciting game between two of people's favorite offenses in the league, led by Jamar Chase and Derrick Henry Andrew. It lived up to it fully. Jamar Chase had another career day, but he was insane. And Andrew, on the Titans side, they did have one non-quarterback player dominate, but Andrew, it wasn't Derrick Henry. It was A.J. Brown. The man had a phenomenal day, showing again why he's one of the league's most talented wide receivers. In the middle of the game, when the Titans were down by seven, they threw a 60-yard bomb in the double coverage to A.J. Brown at the corner of the end zone that he caught with one hand, backpedaled into the end zone, going backwards, not even looking where he's going, and got a touchdown. The Titans and Bengals were tied at 16-16 in the fourth quarter. The Titans had the ball two minutes left. They're driving down the field at their own 40-yard line. All they need is a field goal. All they need is a field goal. Just 10 more yards, 15 more yards, and they're in field goal range. Andrew, it was third down and 10. If they get the first down, they're at their opponent's 50. They're very close to in field goal range for their great kicker, Randy Bulk. People are saying this right here is the game. The Titans quarterback, Ryan Hanahill, he rolls out of the pocket. He rolls left. He doesn't really have anyone open. He throws to Nick Amir Westbrook, very young wide receiver, very inexperienced for the Titans. He's guarded very closely by a Bengals cornerback. The Bengals cornerback reaches out for the ball. The Titans wide receiver reaches out for the ball. The ball hits the hand, the hand of the Bengals wide receiver. It tips off his fingers, straight up into the air. Backwards, the ball goes up off the Bengals wide receiver's hand. The ball's up in the air for anyone. Will a Titans player catch it? Will Bengals player catch it? Will nobody catch it? The ball's up. Everyone's looking. It's looking. It feels like it's in slow motion. The ball comes down, and it's caught by a Bengals cornerback. He catches it. A Bengals wide cornerback catches the ball, gets the interception at their own 40-yard line. He catches the ball for the interception. It is a massive, massive play. It is extremely good for that team. And they definitely have the better chance to win that game. Is then all they have to do is just drive 20 yards to get in a field goal range for the rookie kicker, Eddie McPherson. And if he drills a field goal, then they would win the game. He tries. They drive down the field. They run the ball a little bit. They pass the ball. Then they get a pass to Jamar Chase. For 20 yards. They're able to get a play for 20 yards to Jamar Chase. They're right on the line of field goal range. If they gain any yards, they're just in field goal range. And if they lose any yards, they're just out of field goal range. This team really needs some yards. They run a little bit. And it all comes down to a 51-yard field goal for the rookie kicker. If he makes it, they win. If he misses, they're going to overtime. There's three seconds left. The entire game rests on the right leg of the rookie kicker, Eddie McPherson. The Bengals snap it. The holder holds it. 
McPherson drives to the ball. His right leg kicks it. The ball is up. It looks like it has the distance. It looks like it's down the middle. And it's good. The Bengals nail the kick. Taking out the Titans. Derrick Henry only gets one game back. The Bengals are heading to their first AFC Championship game in over 45 years. The Bengals get their first road win in postseason history and franchise history. The Bengals get a huge win as their second is their second year quarterback leads them to the AFC Championship game where they will face the Chiefs or the Bills. The Bills had an amazing the, the Bengals had an amazing game as they knocked out the Titans. And the Titans were the number one seed. This was an absolutely huge upset. What does this mean for the Titans? Is again knocked out even though they were the number one seed. Ryan, I think as much as people want to say, blame it on the defense, blame it on the coach. Ryan, for once in sports history, the problem has been the offense. And Ryan, it's not the running game. It's not the wide receivers. But Ryan, I'm sorry, it's the quarterback. Ryan Tannehill is not able to be the quarterback of this level of a team. Ryan, I see what the Niners are doing with Jimmy Garoppolo. But Ryan, I have to say... With Debo Samuel, they have a top 10 running game, a top 10 wide receiver core, and a top 3 defense. And nine the times, they had nine sacks on Joe Burrow. Nine. Nine sacks, and they still lost. Do you know why? Because their offense couldn't put up points. Derrick Henry had a good game. He didn't have a Derrick Henry type game, but he had a good game. Ryan, the wide receivers, A.J. Brown, he was amazing. He reeled in catch after catch after catch after catch. But Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, I saw the inconsistency. I saw the interceptions. I saw the fumbling. And you know what? Titans fans, NFL fans, you can blame Ryan Tannehill. This is his fault. This is 100% on Ryan Tannehill. If anyone is to blame, it is fully him. And that is why they are going to be sitting at home next week watching the Bengals play. But Ryan, who are the Bengals going to be playing? We got to talk about this. The Bills and the Chiefs square off this afternoon. Ryan, this is going to be an insanely good game. We remember, both teams dominated the game last week. The Bills dominated more, but they also might have had the easier opponent. Ryan, with this game, we see some very big superlatives. As we see two amazing young quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, who's definitely a lot better than Josh Allen, at least at this point in his career, with the MVP and the Super Bowl, and Allen either. But Ryan, what it has to come down to are the defenses, and which defense can stop the other team's offense. And Ryan, I think the answer has to come down to the Bills. I mean, when you see what their defense did last week against New England, and yes, New England's offense isn't that perfect, but Ryan, this defense, you saw what Micah Hyde did. When he took that interception in the end zone, I said, Bills in the AFC Championship game. I said, I don't care if they play the Chiefs. I don't care if they play the Titans. I don't care who they play. They're going to the AFC Championship game if they got that guy on the defense. And you know what, Ryan? I am sticking by that. I said, oh, Bills, we will see you next week playing against the Bengals. Ryan, tell me I'm wrong and why you have the Chiefs winning this game most likely. Yeah, well, Andrew, you are right. I do have the Chiefs winning. But, Andrew, it's because of that offensive firepower. Andrew, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, these guys are never slowed down. And when they aren't slowed down, it is going to be so tough to win because of those three guys. And you just see Tyreek Hill 
is one of the most talented wide receivers in the league. Travis Kelsey, easily the most talented tight end in the league. And Patrick Mahomes, maybe the most talented quarterback in the league. These guys know how to show up. Back-to-back Super Bowl appearances. Two years ago, they won it. Last year, they lost it closely. Andrew, this team is made for postseason football. We saw it last week when they killed the Steelers. Andrew, do you remember? I'm sure you do. Two years ago, when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in that playoff run. Every single game. They got down a little bit. They got down early. And they came back with a huge win. Andrew, I think that's going to happen again this week. I think the Bills are going to start out good. But Andrew, I think they might be able to start keeping Patrick Mahomes to a little bit. But it is basically impossible to slow down this man. I don't think I've ever seen the defense fully stop him. I think I've seen sometimes they slow him down. But I don't know if I've ever seen a team fully stop Patrick Mahomes, especially in the playoffs, in the regular season. You never know with this guy, but in the playoffs, he knows it's his time. This coach, Andy Reid, is a genius. This guy knows exactly how to win. This team is so smart. They'll use every single person they have. Some random guy you've never heard of. They'll use him somehow, some way. This team finds a way to win games. They aren't focused on winning the Super Bowl right now. They're just focused on going 1-0 this week, winning this game. Andrew, if you're the Bills, what do you have to do to beat the Chiefs? Ryan? You know what you have to do if you're the Bills? You have to get Josh Allen better than Patrick Mahomes. No matter how Patrick Mahomes plays. I don't care if he has a game like he's terrible or if he plays at MVP level. If you're Josh Allen, you have to realize that you have to outplay your opposing quarterback if you want to have any chance in this game. And that is why I said I picked the Bills. Because I think that he can outplay Patrick Mahomes. Don't get me wrong. Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback. He is a better quarterback, but Ryan, Josh Allen, he wants this. He wants to be in this AFC Championship game. His career up to this point, I'm not going to say it's been a letdown because he's in the NFL and his team is in the second round of the playoffs, but Ryan, he has not had what I think he desires, and this year, I say he is going to get it. That team is going to win, Ryan. For this team to win and for Josh Allen to do well, it's got to be on Stephon Diggs, Ryan, his favorite target, the former Minnesota Vikings wideout. Ryan, this guy has been phenomenal all season. Last week, helped a ton to beat the Patriots, even though did not need him because they won by like 50. But he is going to be huge for them. The run game, also, that run game has to keep moving the sticks. Now, we all know that the Bills really do not have a great running back. Devin Singletary is okay, but probably bottom five in the league. But... If they can average at least three or four yards per run when they need it, get the third and ones, get the fourth and ones, it's going to be huge. Ryan, this Bills team is going to win, and I think they can do that. So that's why I'm saying them. Ryan, in the AFC, which we know a little bit more about so far, let's talk about what we're going to see next week. Ryan, we already know we have the Bengals. With your prediction of the Chiefs, what do you think? Are we going to have a chiefs Bengals? Are we going to have the Chiefs in another Super Bowl? Or Ryan, tell me, how are the Bengals going to get to this Super Bowl? How are they going to take the entire world by storm in making it to the Super Bowl by winning the AFC Championship game? Just tell me one thing that has to happen for Joe Burrow and the Bengals to go all the way. Yeah, Andrew, again, it's just going to be on these two young wide receivers, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, to continue to dominate. 
These guys have been faced with some of the best cornerbacks in the entire league, and they've continued to dominate. These guys know what they're doing. They play like experienced veterans who have been there for a long time, but really these guys are just joining the league, and they just play incredible. I mean, these three guys, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins, they're going to be the face of the league. They could easily turn into incredible super team, just like Tom Brady, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. I mean, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, remember those names. These guys played amazing this week. They're going to be plays, playing amazing next week and maybe even two weeks after in the Super Bowl. Again, the Bengals, I think the X factor, though, has got to be that defense. Andrew, this week, they played great. They gave up 16 points to Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, who, and, and Julio Jones, and maybe the best coach in football. Next week, they're going to have to play the Chiefs or the Bills. They're going to have to play Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. I don't envy that defensive coordinator. But, Andrew, I'm sure they'll be up for that challenge, and they have to be. This Bengals team has their work cut out for them next week. They're going to be playing one of the league's brightest young QBs. But, Andrew, where do you think Joe Burrow stacks up against Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes? I mean, Ryan, I think at this point in all of their careers, he has to be the third best on that list. I mean, that's a very short list that he is behind for number one playback in the league. I got Patrick Mahomes, I got Josh Allen, I got Tom Brady, and I got Aaron Rodgers. Ryan, if you notice something, all five of those guys are in the playoffs. We see Tom Brady out here, and then we see both of those two guys contending against Joe Burrow this week. So that's why I am not surprised to see this Bengals team here. But Ryan, as I said, it all comes down to the quarterback play and who does better. And again, that is my reasoning why the Bengals cannot get past this game. I see whoever wins between the Bills and the Chiefs is going to a Super Bowl, is going to play the winner of the NFC. And that is why this AFC is so important. Just because I feel like with in past years, I have not seen a team that is this, I've not seen a Super Bowl that is this open. Ryan, I really do not see a consensus. Every time I look, I see a different matchup. And you know what? We just cannot... Figure this one out. Ryan, in the NFC between the Rams and the Buccaneers, Ryan, we still don't know who they're going to play or who's even going to win. But Ryan, tell me, which one of these teams do you think, if they can win this, has a better chance to win in the NFC Championship game? Yeah, Andrew, I mean, it's just got to be Tom Brady. I mean, this guy's been to a million Super Bowls. He's won more than any team in NFL history. This guy is just insane. He knows what needs to be done in the playoffs. And I think that we are definitely going to be able to see this today. I mean, this guy has led his team. Maybe he hasn't done everything, but what this guy is best at is making the plays. Making the plays when they have to be done in crunch time, when it is the most important, he makes the plays. He gets his job done. He knows what has to be done. He hits the open wide receivers. And Andrew, if you want to talk about any quarterback, maybe even ever, finding a safety blanket deep in the game. That might be Tom Brady to Rob Gronkowski. I mean, the connections, the connection that these two guys have is just absolutely awe-inspiring. The things these two guys are able to do is just crazy. And Ryan, with this Buccaneers-Rams situation, to be honest, it really doesn't matter because all that matters is who they're going to play depending on who wins. Ryan, just last night in a crazy game, Ryan, Barely have to stay up for this one. The Packers played the 49ers. And you know what, Ryan? The Niners won. Ryan, the 49ers took this game. And you might say, 
Oh my God! How? How? Um, did Jimmy Garoppolo play phenomenal? Did Debo Samuel get four hundred yards? Did George Kittle play like an MVP? Ryan, it was not the offense. So you might say, oh my god, the defense. Maybe Aaron Rodgers got zero points. Maybe they got six interceptions, 15 sacks. Did the defense save it? No. You might say, what? Was the play calling good or something like that? Ryan, it was the special teams. The special teams really came to play. Ryan, they had a blocked punt that they returned for a touchdown in the closing seconds of the game. And on, they blocked the field goal right before halftime, which if that field goal would have gone up and through, which it definitely would have without Fred Warner's left hand, Ryan, we would not be talking about this. We would almost always be talking about Aaron Rodgers and how he's going to get to his next Super Bowl. But Ryan, instead, we got to talk about this 49ers team. Ryan, they just knocked off the Packers, the number one seed. And Ryan, you know what that means? Yes, yesterday, both number one seeds get knocked off. Ryan, we know the Bengals. We know everything about them. Ryan, this Niners team, they were out of the playoffs for 95% of the season. Just barely sneaked in at the very end. Had to go all the way to OT just to get in. Then had to win back-to-back upsets against the three seed. And then the one seed that both came down to the very last play, which was a little controversial in both. Ryan, this Niners team, tell me, does the Cinderella story end here? Or is there a possibility that we are seeing another thing? Of the Niners making a Super Bowl run. Andrew, I think it all depends on the momentum and the health of their players. Now, Andrew, again, it is early Sunday morning. We don't know what happened yesterday. But, or we don't know what's going to happen in the future. But, Andrew, yesterday, when we saw the end of the game, we saw that on Debo Samuel's last run of the game, he limped off the field. And when we saw George Kittle after his last catch of the game, that I believe put them in the field goal range, he limped off. We see some of their running backs limp off. We saw a lot, a lot of defensive players limp off, get carried off, get helped off the field. All those things I'm saying means injured guys. They got a lot of injuries. Now, again, they might be fine. They might have a torn ACL. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. We will make sure to let you know next week if we find out that they're playing one of these teams, the Rams or the Buccaneers, in the Sunday game. If they play in the Saturday game, that game will already happen before we can talk to you. But if they have... But we do know they will play on Sunday, so we'll make sure to talk about all the injuries then. But, Andrew, this game was insane for the 49ers. And, Andrew, when you ask how did they turn the season around, as we knew at the beginning of the season, if they were to win, it would have to be on the ground with the running game. And what we thought is they got to get a running back. They got to get a running back. And, Andrew, I think they found their best runner, and that has to be do-it-all wide receiver Debo Samuel. But don't forget about incredible, incredible running back, Elijah Mitchell, who had an absolute monster year. I don't know anybody in the world who knew this guy's name before the season. And now every football fan knows this guy's name. Elijah Mitchell carried this team through the regular season. He was insane. This guy was amazing. He helped this team get it done. And again, as I was saying before, wide receiver Debo Samuel had amazing runs. He had 39 rushing yards in this game on just a couple of big runs. This guy was amazing. He really, really helped this team 
he said he knew that they needed to play and he knew that they could come up big. He said he didn't care about the weather and he said he knew that their kicker would knock down the kick if they gave him a chance and he gave them a chance. As we remember that George Kittle made the catch to get them in the field goal range and came up limping after and after that, they did the rest as their kicker, Robbie Gould, knocked down that massive, massive, massive field goal. Andrew, we'll talk about this more last next week, but what do the 49ers need to do to become to continue to be successful? I mean, Ryan, when I was watching the first half of this game, I was I was I was genuinely surprised that the Niners scored in this game. And I can say that the Patriots had a bad game last week. I can say the Steelers had a bad game last week, but for this Niners offense, this was genuinely, besides that last two drives, this was genuinely the worst offensive game I think I might have seen in NFL history. In my watching. In fine, playoff history, Ryan's correcting me. I have seen some times where the Saints and the Bucks last year where the Bucks got six yards of offense or whatever, but besides that, Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, something's got to change. And I don't care if it's Trey Lance. I don't care if it's a new right arm. I don't care if you have Debo Samuel run the ball 55 times. Ryan, if you put Jimmy Garoppolo in the exact same position you did next week against the Rams or the Buccaneers, I don't care if the Buccaneers have no alignment and it's just Brady hiking the ball to himself, they're going to lose. Because Jimmy Garoppolo is the worst starting quarterback in this league. And I know that I'm sounding blunt. But if you watch this game, if you watch the first quarter, first half, you would know. You would know that this guy, Jimmy Garoppolo, is incapable of winning. But in, in all seriousness, this not seem perfect win, perfect way to continue on. A lot of problems. Definitely have to talk about a ton more next week and how they do not get absolutely killed next week. But Ryan, we turn to the loser, which is almost always more important. And Ryan, the Packers. I mean, yet another disappointing season. Ryan, tell me, what went wrong? I mean, this team came in as the heavy Super Bowl favorite. Every single fan, whenever whenever anyone was asked, they said, Packers are going to win. I don't know who's going to make it from the NFC, who they're going to play in the NFC Championship game, but the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Ryan, the Packers have an MVP quarterback. They have... Basically, the number one wide receiver, maybe number two with Cooper Cup. It's a little still debatable. And Ryan, that defense, it sure was not the problem. It definitely was not the problem. So Ryan, tell me, what is the problem with this Packers team? And why does this keep happening, just falling up short? And answer my final question of, could this be the last time we ever see this team? Yeah, Andrew, there is a billion storylines with the Packers. What happens with the head coach? Do they lose a coordinator to a different team? What happens with the defense? Do they add parts? What happened with the guys getting healthy? Is the defense the problem on the offense? Are they going to lose a running back? Are they going to start A.J. Dillon next year on the wide receivers? Are they going to add more? Will Devontae Adams even stay there? Have they found a wide receiver too? And obviously, the biggest question in the entire NFL, what in the whole world is going to happen with the MVP Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback in the league? What is going to happen with this man next year. His contract ends. Andrew, if you think we talk about the Lakers a lot in the NBA, it will seem like we have never mentioned them ever after how much we will talk about the Packers this offseason. Mark my words, I doubt there'll be a single episode where we don't talk about the Packers. And if there is, you have permission to tell me we need to talk about the Packers. There is so much to talk about with the Packers. Andrew, I'm 
not trying to dodge anything, but what do you think is the number one storyline with the Packers losing? I mean, Ryan, I think it has to be Aaron Rodgers is done. And that you can have the perfect team. And you know what? In the sports world, it all comes down to championships. And as much as I hate to admit it, I hate that this is what sports has become. Where guys, all they want to do is they want to win a championship. And they want to play with that guy. And they want to play with their best friend from high school or whatever. But it's just about winning a championship. And you could play for the same team for 16 years. And have no love. Feel nothing for this team. And not show up for training camp. Not get the vaccine to jeopardize your season. Get injured for some dumb toe, which literally cannot matter less. Ryan, I think the biggest storyline is just Aaron Rodgers has no more feelings for this team. And you remember when he would play? He would love it. And he would be smiling the whole time. You know what? Even this year, sometimes I even kind of felt sorry for him. Just how many times he goes through this in a phenomenal regular season. And he goes to the playoffs and it shuts down. And he's the only guy out there. Everyone says he looks like the MVP. He looks amazing. But you know what? He just can't do it. He needs more help. He still needs it. He still needs it. And Ryan, as I just said, everything he's got, you know what? It doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers is out of there. I don't think that the I don't think the Packers can sign anything. I don't even think they sign Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. This guy's gonna come back. Mark my words. I am the firmest believer in re-signing. I think it happens over 98% of the time. But you know what? With this, 98% sure he isn't there next year. Ryan, tell me. Predictions, Rodgers, Devontae. Super long time to talk about this. Just initial thoughts and reasons. Yeah, I mean, Andrew, people are saying it's Super Bowl or bust. Super Bowl or bust. They didn't even make it to the Super Bowl. Some people were saying, well, maybe. Maybe if they lose to Tom Brady or something in the wild card, in the... NFC Championship, maybe he'll stay. That didn't even happen. Maybe if they get heartbroken by Tom Brady in the divisional round. They did get heartbroken, but it was by a six seed in the San Francisco 49ers, which, as Andrew said, the worst quarterback in the NFL. And a lot of people were upset. They're saying the Packers just could have done a lot more in this game, and they just screwed it up. Andrew, we could talk about the NFL for years. We talk about the NFL a ton, but we talked about it so much. We have to move on. We will talk about it a ton next week. Obviously, next week will be conference championships, which we will find out what will the matchups be after today's games. It'll be insane. But Andrew, let's move on to the much less exciting, but still fairly exciting NBA. Andrew, many different storylines in the NBA. Break some down. Right? In my opinion, I think the NBA this week could even be more exciting. Because, in my opinion, there is a new top team in the NBA. No, it's not the Nets. No, it's not the Warriors. Not the Suns. Not the Jazz. Not even the Bulls. But you know who it is, John? The Memphis Grizzlies. Now, you might say, Andrew, what is wrong with you? You keep on talking about how the Grizzlies, they're not that good. They're about to lose. The Tim Wolves are probably better than them. They have no one. They don't have him. They don't have any All-Stars. They don't have any top five guys. You know what, Ron? It doesn't matter because right now they have the best guy all season. And right now, that guy's name is John Morant. Ryan, I'm not going to say I hate to admit it because he's a super fun guy to watch and a super great guy. But you know what? This team is the best team. And yeah, they don't have the best record. They haven't won the most straight games. But this team, I think right now, has the best chance of any team to go on and win my championship. 
Now, I'm not saying they're my prediction to win the championship, but I'm saying as of right now, they are the top team in the league. And if any team over the next two games I think is going to win, it's them no matter what. This team, John Morant, is just playing at another level. And the rest of these guys, they're all stepping up. Ryan, tell me. I could see you disagree with the Memphis Grizzlies. You're not saying they're terrible, but definitely don't think they're number one. So tell me who is and why this team is. Yeah, Andrew, personally, I think you still got to go with the Suns. I think this team is hungry off of their championship loss last year. Devin Booker looks definitely like an all-star. Chris Paul having another marvelous possible MVP season. DeAndre Ayn, again, having a wonderful season as sadly he is injured right now. And again, I feel like the Grizzlies are good. Don't get me wrong. John Morant is playing like a total all-star. Desmond Bain playing amazing. DeAnthony Mellon, amazing. Jared Jackson Jr., Steven Adams, two extremely good big men for them. Brandon Clark having a nice year off the bench. This team looks really good, but Andrew, again, young players can only take you so far, especially in the NBA. We've seen young players dominate. Andrew, I don't want to bring up this comparison a lot right now, but let's just remember the Thunder from about 10 years ago. This team had three of the brightest young stars in the game. Kevin Durant looked like a possible MVP. Cough, cough, John Morant. They had Russell Westbrook, who also looked like an extremely good young player. Desmond Bain, who you may not have heard of, but he is having an insanely good season. And they also had a young gun, James Harden, who didn't seem that good at first, but ended up being maybe the best of all three. And right now, personally, I feel like that has to be Jared Jackson Jr. But what happens is that that team, they had a lot of young talent, but it can only take you so far. And at some point, you need them all to work together to win. And I think that's going to be challenging for this Grizzly team to be able to do. Andrew, I alluded to it a couple of minutes ago, but I'm going to talk about it again. Andrew, the Los Angeles Lakers. Andrew, this team continues to struggle. LeBron James, again, having an MVP year, but Anthony Davis not playing what he needs to. And Andrew, all the stories come back to Russell Westbrook. What is going on with Mr. Russell Westbrook? Ryan, I feel like with Russell Westbrook, people keep on overreacting. To be honest, yeah, this guy's got a lot of problems. I'm not saying like mental or like off the court, but you know what? His on-court game is one of the most confusing we've seen. And you know what? It's also one of the most unorthodox games we've ever seen. Of players that we see play on these amazing teams, we see usually big guys who are dunking, maybe a good shooter, maybe a good big man. We really are not seeing this assist type of mantra and a guy who, when you're late in games, you're not going to with the ball. You're not saying, hey, get the ball to Russell Westbrook. Get the ball to Russell Westbrook. And Ryan, still have him on the court, but you know what? Just, like, don't make him a priority. Brian, if he's not a priority, why should he be on the court? Ryan, that's exactly how Lakers coach Frank Vogel felt in their last close game. Ryan, he sat Russell Westbrook on the bench. Now, to be honest, I am not the biggest Russell Westbrook fan. Not even close. But, Ryan, you traded for him. And I'm not going to say you trade the world for him, but you traded some good young talent for this man. You traded some first-round picks. Ryan, is this Lakers team, do you think, close to just moving Russ to the bench? Or just making him not even a part of this team? I really don't know. I just feel like this Lakers team, they got to figure out what Russ Westbrook is. And I think that he can be valuable to a championship roster. I really, really, really do think that. But you know what? To the Lakers, maybe he's just not valuable. Maybe he deserves, he deserves to be on the bench. 
And yeah, his turnovers hurt, but I think he can help in more ways that they're just not putting him in those situations. So yeah, Russell Westbrook, he's not helping a ton. But also, don't lay this all on him. Lay it on Frank Vogel. Lay it on the GM for getting him. Lay it on the coaching staff. Do not all bring it down on him. Brian, we still got to talk about the playoffs. Ryan, let's look at some of the NBA standings. And we just talked about the Western Conference. We saw the Grizzlies are climbing. Ryan, they just cannot stop climbing. It seems like every single time I look at them, they go up. And they go up. And they go up and up and up and up and up. And Ryan, I remember when they were the 10-11 seed. Ryan, I now see this team as phenomenal. When we look at the East, Ryan, it still seems like it's down to two teams. We got the Bulls. And we got the Nets. And you know what? Really, other than that, that's it. I mean, in third place, I mean, we see the Heat. Ryan, the Heat are tied with the Bulls for the second best record in the Eastern Conference. Ryan, I know this Heat team is good. And a lot of people are liking them preseason. But Ryan, how did they get here? How is this team still climbing up in the East standings, and could they possibly make a run at the end of the year? This Heat team, I mean, I know they got Butler and Bam Adebayo and Lowry, but I just don't know. Ryan, can you possibly explain to me how this team is just so dominant? Yeah, Andrew, I mean, I think it's definitely got to fall a lot on Jimmy Butler. I mean, this guy's been in the MVP conversation all year, and he continues to be there. And Andrew, as you said too, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, both former All-Stars, both having all-star seasons, especially Bam Adebayo, who looks like he could definitely make the all-star game. This guy's just been really, really good this year, giving them an amazing defensive presence at the big man position. He has just been incredible this year. I think he's really going to help this team. Andrew, one other team in the Western Conference we got to keep an eye on is the rapidly surging Mavericks. Andrew, this team is 8-2 in their last 10 games, and they are 8-1 in their nine games before. Andrew. What is going on with this team? I mean, Ryan, I feel like when we look at this West, we always we saw two tiers. We saw the Phoenix Suns and the Warriors, and then we saw everyone else. Ryan, that was it for about a month, maybe two months. But Ryan, those tiers have become more expandable. The first tier, I would say, is the Suns, Warriors, now climbing Grizzlies, and Jazz. And Ryan, with the Mavericks' recent win streak and how they've been doing of late, I think this team has a chance to enter that top tier. Now, I wouldn't put them there yet, but I'd say they have a very good chance. After that, I'd say there's a tier of the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Timberwolves. Those are the sixth through nine seeds in the Western Conference teams that at least have a play-in tournament and have a good chance to make the playoffs itself. Ryan, this Mavericks team, I think every time they win and every time they lose, every time that happens, we have to talk about Luka Doncic because the Mavericks are nothing without him, but they're everything with him. This Mavericks team, if they win, it's going to be because of him. If they lose, it's going to be because of Luka. Now, I haven't seen this in a while where there's a team that's so, so centered around one dominant player. We've seen teams with one guy with one all-star. We've seen teams with one guy that should be a valuable starter, but Ryan, I have never seen this type of team that's so reliant on one guy. I mean, obviously, he's not as good, but this makes me think of Michael Jordan and just how the team, they look up to this guy. He's the leader. He is the team. Ryan, 
10 words or less, how far can this Mavericks team go in the playoffs with Luka Doncic playing phenomenal? Yeah, Andrew, as you said, as long as Luka will take them. Personally, I think they have a decent chance to get past the first round. Second round is going to be tough. As you said, those four teams look amazing. They all have amazing, incredible depth. I mean, Andrew, when you look at how a lot of teams make it to championships, it starts with a star and it comes with the depth. Let's look at a team like last year's Bucks. They started with Giannis Antetokounmpo. He went MVP three seasons ago when people were saying, man, this guy needs a championship already. He's a superstar, just like Luka Doncic. He's a superstar. He needs a championship. But Giannis, first at Chris Middleton. Luka has Porzingis. Both of those two good helper players took them deep into the playoffs, but neither could do it until the Bucks traded their future for Drew Holiday, who took them over the top. Now, I'm not saying Drew Holiday was the best player, not by any means. But again, it gave Giannis the help he needed. Luka, I'm not saying get a player better than Luka. I'm just saying get him a little bit more help, just a little bit more than Kristaps Porzingis and a bunch of other decent younger players. I think he needs a little bit more help. But personally, I think first round, if they can make it past the first round, that's good. That means you're a very, very good team and you are incredibly good. But personally, I think this team just needs to go a little bit more and they just need a little bit more help happening right now because Luka Doncic is good, but he needs just a little bit more help around him. Andrew, let's get one other team, and then we'll, and then we will move on to some Minnesota sports. Andrew, one team just to really keep an eye on is the Hornets, who right now in the East are the seventh seed. But if they were in the West, they would be the five seed. Andrew, this Hornets team has been amazing, and it is all because of second-year sensation Lamelo Ball. This guy's having an absolutely phenomenal year. The things this guy has been able to do is just awe-inspiring. Averaging around 20 points per game. This guy has just been amazing this year. The assists he's had, him and Miles and Miles Bridges, just to like look like absolutely insane together. The things Miles Bridges is able to do, he is so incredibly good. He was the number three overall pick last year. Mullaball just completely leading this team extremely well. I think this team... Could be very good in the playoffs. Again, I don't think they'll make it past the second round, but first round, maybe, and that'd be really good for such a young team. It should be really interesting to watch this team as the season progresses, as the Hornets have a lot of talent in the coming years. They could be a very, very, very talented team, and we'll be able to see what happens to this team in the coming years. Now, Andrew, as I said, let's look ahead to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Andrew, right now, the Timberwolves, over the last week, were struggling a little bit, but we are still keeping pace in our conference. Right now, we still remain three games ahead of the Trailblazers, which keeps us in that wild, in the spot of the play-in tournament. Andrew, again, as we said before, if we can get to the play-in tournament, we would definitely be happy. Because again, two-thirds of the teams make it to the play-in tournament. That's kind of a problem if we're not in the top two-thirds of the teams when we are slightly in a rebuild, but also trying to win. Now, Andrew, let's look ahead to the teams we have to play this week. As we struggled a little bit of late, but we are still 6-4 and four in our last 10 games. Andrew, this week we play the Nets, the Trailblazers, the Warriors, and the Suns. Andrew, those are four games. And the Nets and the Warriors and the Suns, those are three of the best teams in the league. Andrew, personally, and I'm guessing you agree with me, if we can win two of those three games against them, that'd be great. And the Trailblazers, again, we are just ahead of them. This is an extremely crucial win. Again, very early in the season. Just about halfway done, but still a very important game is again 
is, if you're an NBA fan, you know, even though the season is over 80 games, it can definitely come down to one game at the end. And I feel like this could be. Both teams are good enough. This could be close enough. We'll have to see what happens as this is fascinating. And to the Timberwolves, have been decent of late. What do you think we need to continue to do to continue to be a good team? I mean, Ryan, it's just consistency. I mean, Anthony Edwards, so important. Just like, you know, you really, you really, really, really need this guy to show up big. I mean, even if it's not this season, even if sadly you don't like the playing tournament, this guy's development is probably our most important goal. Other teams would say winning a championship is our goal. Even the Magic's biggest uh, goal is winning a championship. But for us, I'd say it's developing Anthony Edwards. Constantly Towns, he's a phenomenal player. But you know what? Every single day, there's a new team he should go to. Every single day, there's a new report. He's unhappy. He says, no, I'm not. I love it here. But after a while, I don't think so. I mean, he's a great player, but we got to focus on Anthony Edwards. Got to put every single thing we have into him. Every single resource into him. Everything we need has to go to Anthony Edwards because he is the guy. He is going to be the guy long term, and he is going to be our team for the future. Ryan, let us move on to some Vikings football. Ryan, real fast with the mock draft that we've been watching. Still in the heart of the NFL season. Ryan, what have you been noticing about the Vikings pick at number 12? Yeah, Andrew, it seems very likely this team will be trying to take a cornerback at this number 12 overall pick. And Andrew, it seems really interesting because two guys that I've seen about half the time we're taking one of these two guys is Derek Stingley, corner out of LSU, or Ahmad Gardner, cornerback out of Cincinnati. Andrew, both these guys, I've seen a ton. And if you want to know my view, personally, I would love to get either of them. Personally, I think Stingley's a lot better. But Andrew, something interesting that we've also talked a lot about off of this podcast is in multiple drafts, I've seen each of these guys going top five. In one of them, I saw Derek Stingley going at number three. This is crazy. I have no idea what's going to happen. And again, every year this happens. A guy starts at 30. They end up being drafted top five. The first mock draft, they look at number one. They ended up being drafted in the second round. A lot of time. Again, the draft will be in April. We have a lot of time. It's a long offseason. As much as I hate to say it, we have a lot of time to talk about the draft. We'll have to see what happens. Andrew, anything you want to talk about the Vikings head coaching or GM search? Ryan, we have asked two possible GM candidates to come back. I believe it is the president of operations for the Chiefs and the Browns. I'm not super positive. I know the Browns, president of operations, or whoever we're interviewing, has been very good for them. A lot of people really like him, and that'd be cool if we could get a good GM. Ryan, with the coaching, we have had about eight interviews of Basically, all of the top guys, I don't think we've interviewed either of Ryan or I's favorite head coaching candidates of Brian Flores or um, Doug Peterson of, or Eric Bionami, but Bionami is still coaching, and those two guys either just got fired or got fired last year, but Ryan, we have basically done almost every offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator possible to hire, and Ryan, one guy that I think could be phenomenal is the Packers' offensive coordinator. Now, I know everyone say, oh, no, Packers, oh, boo. But you know what? If it helps us and hurts them, I love it even more than anything. And, Ryan, I feel like after this devastating loss of the 49ers, he is not going to want to stick around when he has Jordan Love to Al Nazard as his bang-bang 
uh, quarterback and wide receiver duo. So I think he will want Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. But we'll just have to see about that. I don't know. I also feel like Kellen Moore could be a phenomenal guy after, again, this Cowboys devastating loss. Maybe we're starting to see something. I'll just have to see how Airbnb does this tonight. But let's move on, Ryan, to the birthday of the day. Ryan, today, the birthday of the day is Addison Russell. Now, Ryan, a lot of people really have no idea who this guy is, and that's fine. He is a former baseball player for the Chicago Cubs. He was a very good shortstop for a while, but Ryan, now, since he's not in the MLB anymore, he likes to collect Pokemon cards. And Pokemon cards are very popular among many people. Not as much today, but for about the last decade, I'd say more. But Ryan, he doesn't just collect them and yay or sell them, but he gets MLB players to sign them and then sell them for a ton more. To be honest, for him, it is probably just more of a happy thing, but really, this could be a huge marketing tool if he were to sell those cards Already, I've heard the Pokemon cards, the very rare ones, can sell for tons of money. But if you get them also signed by professional MOE players, and like the really good ones, who I'm sure he's friends with, that would sell for a lot. So, kind of sounds kind of childish and kind of dumb, but he could be making a lot of money. So, might be a bigger marketing tool in the future. But, happy birthday, Aston Russell. Hope you keep making money and having fun at your age. Ryan. Oh my god, that was a lot. The NFL, crazy stuff. We saw both number number one seeds go down. But by the next time we talk to you, we will be one day away. One day away from knowing who will be in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 55, just two teams. Only one can win. But we will see, Ryan. There are so many ways that this could go. We are so excited to talk to you next week. Ryan, so much NBA news. Maybe we'll have a new team. Maybe one of us will agree with the other about who it is, Memphis or Golden State. But Ryan, we'll have to talk so much more next week on Twin Talk MN.